I kiss the ground on which you walk. I kiss the lips through which you talk. I kiss the city of New York where I first met you. You're my darling, don't forget it. Cause I'm the guy who will regret All right. Welcome to another episode of the Listen Here Podcast. Tonight on Slate, we have Derek Small, who I will be calling in Kelowna, British Columbia. An old friend from Saskatoon. Another one from Saskatoon. I met him at Wasp Sioux when he was a uh, chef at the Hawwood. I want to dig into this a bit. I want to find out about how he became a chef, or good at cooking, good at preparing meals. How he ended up at Wasp Sioux. Who he went to school with at Aiden Bowman High School. And uh, what he's been up to for the past, and this is painful, 30 years or so. So uh, I'm going to dial him now. Here we go. And as always, live radio requires production assistance, people dialing, arranging these people to pick up the phone. I made a very dramatic lead-in and then it didn't record, so now we're recording. So uh, on the line we have Derek Small. In Thank you for your program. We find you in Kelowna, BC tonight, do we? We do indeed. Hey, how is it? You've had a crazy summer, so we'll start in a good Saskatchewan way and talk about the weather. We've had a crazy summer, and we've had a very typical weekend versus what's happened this summer. So it, uh, we had we've had we have the driest spring on record in, in British Columbia, uh, starting in March. We've barely had any precipitation since the beginning of March after the snow stopped falling, and uh, it got hotter than the hubs of hell to uh, pull a Mike Nunnism out of the out of the uh, out of the, the, the back pocket right away. Um, it's <laughs> super hot heat. It started the third week of June, uh, record high 40 plus degree temperatures for it was 10 or 11 days here in Kelowna, and it's, uh, it's continued on really. Um, this past weekend has really been anomaly. It's been actually not uh, not very warm today. It's it's 19 degrees out there right now. Like we've had barely had nights where it's dropped down to 19. So it was nice. We got a little bit of rain. As people across this country probably know, there's been a lot of fires yeah. in British Columbia this year. It's yeah. all around Kelowna. It's not really close, but every direction, 20 or 30, 40 miles from here, there's big fires. So we've had it smoke really bad every day for probably a month now. Um, so it's been actually a nice change yesterday today where it's actually a little bit smoky, but not smoky, and uh, actually cloudy and some showers. And, Although that's supposed to change in two days, and it's supposed to go back up to mid-30s for the unforeseeable future until October. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's made it's made things interesting. It's been tough on uh, it's been tough on agriculture out here as it has on the prairies. I heard there's lots of challenges. Yeah. In Saskatchewan. I've heard but, that too. Yeah. And it's been the same here with the fruit crops and and, and the wine industry. I work for a, a BC craft winery or a BC winery, and and I know that they are concerned about how the grapes are going to finish up here, so it's been super hot. So we will see what happens. Well, you've, you, you've had, I, I do know all of those facts. I mean, BC has had very good media coverage. I mean, and it's in some ways, I mean, it's always nice to have heat waves because it's just a really nice way to have summer, but you don't want the forest fires or the drought or, no, or the deaths. Of, you know, I mean, it was, it was horrible news there for a while. It, it kind of goes hand in hand, unfortunately. Everyone loves to get hot, dry, milk and all the year, and it's great for tourism and boating being outside, but it, it, it tends to come with fires and everything else that comes from it, and it's no, been no different this year, unfortunately. So I mean, it sounds like a bit. Yeah, it sounds like a biblical tale. I mean, honestly, we're just coming out of a, a pandemic with a virus, and then we have everyone's looking forward to summer, and we get it, and it's lights out yes. hot for you guys, and probably ho sure hopefully tourism is doing okay. Everyone wants to get outside now. Tourism has been okay, but you know the problem with the, you know with the fact that it you know everything went nuts with 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 the temperature, and it drew a pile of people to the Okanagan. Obviously, that that normally happens. We've also had a big spike in COVID again the last two weeks. Oh. And Kelowna especially has been a real big hotbed. So they actually instituted 
the provincial government here instituted some regional restrictions, which they said they were never going to do. They said if they're going to do any kind of restrictions, it will be provincial, but they basically locked, kind of tightened things up in the restaurants and and, and anybody, yeah. you know, in, in, you know, being inside again, they, you know, reduced the numbers of people allowed to sit in a group, um, masks back on inside or going into a restaurant, you have to put your mask on, you're fine once you sit at your table. If you get up and use the washroom, you got to put your mask on. They stopped alcohol sales at 10 o'clock instead of midnight again and things like that. So we obviously haven't had lockdown like you've seen in Ontario, but it's definitely restricted things again. So it's made it really tough on, on the hospitality industry yeah. and, and the tourism that, that this very is really reliant on. And, and I'm, with all due respect, reliant on my, uh, my career as well in, uh, in the lift industry. So... There's been, uh, yeah, it's been lots of fun, lots of challenges, so. It's crazy. Yeah. Back, uh, back to wearing a mask, not working every day again. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the flip side of, you know, Kelowna and Whistler have such a young population that it's just going to be obviously, con they're just going to be so conducive to COVID, like just. And, and, and it was like that with all the resort towns. Yeah. You see this winter, you know, whether it was Revelstoke, Golden, Invermere, Fernie, Nelson, all the areas that have hills, tourism, and things like that. It's pretty typical. You know, you get, you know, a younger demographic. You get a traveling demographic. You get lots of international people that are coming and working at the, in these yeah. towns and resorts because yeah. it's they're great places to be and work and live for for limited periods of time. But it, uh, they are also, you know, that was also people that were, you know, gathering in groups and, and finding that that that's what spiked COVID. Same with your, we had uh, on the long weekend last week we had. Ten pretty prominent restaurants and pubs closed in Kelowna, uh, that because they had massive cases of, of of COVID, and it's you know again a younger a young demographic that's working in these places, and a lot of them that for whatever reason aren't aren't vaccinated. So it's, <laughs> it's been really like they're saying ninety four percent of the cases in, in BC in the last ten days are people that are either have no vaccinations, only have one vaccination, and are thirty two and under. So it's you know it's basically it, it, they really pinpoint. Yeah, where, you know where it's where it's spreading, unfortunately. So yeah, I mean, I'm leery to even talk about this because it doesn't make for very good podcasting. But it's it is kind of crazy how, you know, like I guess they thought 80% vaccination rate would kind of get us over the hump and it'd be kind of a herd mentality. Mm -hmm. Now they say this, that's not going to do it because Delta is so no. it's Delta is so powerful that we're actually going to need you know like I don't know like 92% or 95% and we're never going to get it because there's just 20% who just don't believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toronto's the same way in, in lots of ways. I mean, it's 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 a young. There's pockets where it's really young, and it's just gonna it's gonna keep spreading. So it is. You know, it's, and I don't know if we're if Canada's doing a worse job, or the Amer Americans just aren't telling the story. Because I mean, God, still there's only fifteen thousand people at a Jays game, and there's fifty thousand people at a Texas Rangers game. And I mean, I don't. You know, and they're and they're reporting over a hundred thousand cases a day. I I, I guess that's grossly under. Under recorded, I have yeah. Guess. Anyhow, yeah. So, anyways, the summer hasn't been great here. We we had one heat wave when you guys had your heat wave when it was uh, when you had your forest fire in that in that tragic town in Lytton that got burnt down. I mean, it was hot that mm -hmm. week here, and it, and it hasn't come back. We've had decent temperatures, but no, it's not been sunny. Like it was twenty eight here and not sunny today. Like just kind of kind of hot and hazy and really not a great day not a great summer probably the worst one since i've been here so it's it's kind of uh yeah. you know everyone was looking forward to having like the, getting, the best summer ever but. How, how long have you been there no, i moved here in 2004 no what's 2004 yeah and so really i mean t the way i look at ontario is you know june one comes along and you get june july august of just gorgeous predictable the same weather every day unlike anywhere in yep. canada and then september October, November is pretty mild. Like the falls here, you know, you can golf almost right up until, you know, November long weekend pretty easily. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this summer, you know, this, this, is, this has been kind of dreary. And I don't think it has anything to do with what, hopes and expectations coming out of quarantine. It's just, it's just been a very blah summer for, you know, predictable heat waves. Right. Mm hmm. So, I'm glad we. I'm glad we made some time and that uh, I was able to, uh, I think I messed up our last time, so sorry about that. So uh, it's, it's really good to catch up. Your voice hasn't changed a bit. We haven't, we, we haven't seen each other for so long. It, it's just, uh, 
I mean, it's really kind of sad, but it's just kind of crazy, honestly, how fast time flies. I know. I think it was, you know, I think you and I talked about this a little bit. I think the last time I saw you was, like I said, you obviously you were still living in Calgary. And was, there must have been shortly before you moved to, to Ontario. Yeah, so I, I feel we're, like... We're looking a long time now. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, and I mean, I am going through, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going through a phase where I'm starting to actually really kind of miss Waskasu quite a lot. Like, I would just like to start going up and spending four or five weeks there every summer, you know, or even just, you know, yeah. calling it home. It's you know, when you've got, you know, you've got that option, I think, since you've got family cabin up there. So that's yeah. actually... Yeah, you know, but you know, my parents... For, for me, it's not that easy. No, I know. With never, with never having a cabin up there, I, I always kind of felt like, a little bit like the, like the, like the intruder or the outsider with never having a cabin up there. People were always very gracious to to make me feel comfortable and welcome and, and whatever else, but it was always, it was never, you know, not having a family cabin up there is not the same as, as having a family cabin up No, there. I appreciate that. Or, or renting places like I was, I was working up there, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were definitely part of the community as a summer university worker, for sure. But yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, you, you would lose your connection faster than me, but we probably both lost it. And, and the fact is, my parents still use it, so. You know, to take three kids back there, there isn't really room, you know. I mean, three kids takes up a lot of room. So I don't even feel welcome there, really. I mean, you know, because my parents still go up there, and that's how it should be. So, you know, right. yeah. there will be a time where there's that. more room. Yeah. They've still got good health, and it's actually yeah. not, not far for them to go up there to... This to may be... Home, so. Yeah, they're definitely getting to the, you know, the last few years of of how that, that they can really get up there a lot like easily drive up and take care of themselves and get right. the groceries and you know doctor's appointments and stuff so anyways uh yeah so uh i mean uh, yeah I, I haven't been up there and i kind of miss it and i kind of start thinking that i'm going to start spending some more time up there so uh circling back to as i've always uh this is you, you you've listened to a few of the podcasts so this is about uh giving my kids something to listen to so they think that like i actually have known people in my life because <laughs> honestly i i don't really have that many friends in ontario because you come here and you like you get you know you get married and you have some kids and you know you kind of have some parents that you hang out at school maybe but you know you just don't really make friends after you know after after university so so uh yeah so anyways this is like a, i started this during the pandemic when i got bored so starting these little interviews so thanks for participating well, of course not. I know, I know how you feel about kind of moving away from, you know, from kind of a core, with, you know, with family and friends. I, you know, I, I've essentially done the same thing with moving here and when I moved in 2000. And, and, and again, I've kind of struggled the same, same as you, Brian, with, you know, the job that I have, you know, I'm not working out of an office with a bunch of people, you know, traveling and things like that. Um, you know, used to play on hockey teams and ball teams and that's kind of fizzled over the, the years as I've gotten a little bit older here and based on my schedule but now I know the feeling it's, yeah. uh, it's, it, it's, it, it's tough to, to kind of have a little a little crew of good people so yeah. I, I think that's why I continue to keep in touch with some, some good people and obviously family that I still have back in, back in the prairie so. yeah so I have to start how did you how did you end up getting to Wask Sioux like how did you decide that I'm going to go spend a summer in Wask Sioux and work I, I basically was looking for a job going into the summer of 1998 or 1988. Um, I and uh, I had been, you know, I was going to college and still living at home, but it was, you know, I was trying to put my way through university without without being a burden on my folks, and uh, was looking for for work that summer. And I I'd worked in a restaurant called Gino's in Kelowna for, or in Kelowna, oh my gosh, in Saskatoon <laughs> for about three years and then they closed their operations in both Regina and Saskatoon. So going into that summer, I was scrambling to try to find a job. And there wasn't, for whatever reason at the time, there wasn't a lot available. And there was kind of a couple options. And one was working locally at the Culligan Water facility in in, uh, in Saskatoon, uh, which I really wasn't thrilled about. And then there was this job at, at the Hollywood Inn in Waskasu that was opening brand new and we'd always gone up there as as a family and done lots of camping up to Wasquisu since I was since I was a kid and I know I loved it up there and always spent a bunch of time up there. Ah. And I actually took the Culligan job first because at the time I was uh, scrambling in university. I'd finished my third year of, of arts and sciences, not really knowing what I wanted to do. 
knowing I needed a post-secondary education to kind of better myself and get a decent job. Um, and I was also umpiring a lot of baseball. Oh, were you? I didn't know that. And I was actually considering becoming a professional umpire. And I had had, I was humming and hawing about whether I was going to umpire college in the fall down in West Virginia. I had a bursary and a scholarship from from Baseball Canada and Saskatchewan Baseball Association, the Saskatchewan Umpires Association. Uh, I kind of come by naturally. Uh, I'd always played a lot of a lot of baseball because uh, that was one of my dad's favorite sports. My dad is a very accomplished baseball uh, an umpire. Oh, uh, really? As he did, he moonlighted it on, on top of a, a regular career. And so I started umpiring as young as a kid. So I, to make a long story short, I, I decided to take a college big job because I was already umpiring lots. And I was considering, again, going to school in the fall in the States. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I worked this job at Culligan for two weeks, and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> and, and called and called out. The Don Spear, who was the chef that was yeah. still desperately looking for people with some cooking skills uh, that wanted to work up at a resort for the summer. And he said, yeah, I still, still need somebody if you want to come up. And that's basically what it was. So I started up there in, in June of, uh, of 1988 and helped them open the Hollywood Inn and, and away we went. So it, uh, and then, so basically that was the first of five years in a row that I worked up, up there for Don at the Hollywood. And then, uh, I actually came back for another stint in, when was it, 1996 that I worked a summer up at the golf course as well when I was scrambling again, trying to deal with career-wise with what I wanted, what I wanted to do after being a, a substitute teacher for three and a half years and never able to get a full-time job. It was, uh, I did that for my second degree. I did two degrees. I did an arts degree and majored in English and history, and then I did uh, an education degree. Yeah, I remember that. In a, an abbreviated program that they offered. And... Uh, and then I went traveling for eight months, and then when I came back, it was trying to find, trying to find a teaching job. So I scrambled for over three years trying to find a job. And I was coaching football back at the high school I went to, and working a full-time job in another place, and a part-time job in a restaurant, and just got frustrated with it. And I ended up going up to Waskasuga for another, another summer. I worked at the golf course, but yeah, Hollywood was uh, was kind of my starting ground up up, up at Waskasuga, and uh, got to meet up a lot of people that I'm still really good friends with now. So it was a pretty neat opportunity at a place that I knew I was going to go have some fun. And I love, you know, love being at, as a, as a, as a camper. So. That, well, that, I'm so glad I started with that question because your answer gave me so many I, things I didn't even know about that. I mean, that's, I, I had no idea about the umpire angle. I mean, that's really, uh, that's very topical for me right now, but I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's really cool. Actually, I can totally see you being an up. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I haven't done a whole lot of it since. It's it's amazing. It's uh, after that summer, because you know, me being you know five summers in a row there, and then finishing university and doing what I was doing and whatever else, I really I actually haven't umpired since then. And I'm kind of get the itch here and there to get back into it. So oh yeah, so no, I you know. I both today and saw some guys because there's never been a like a men's recreation baseball league in Kelowna. It's always been slow pitch. And yeah. I stopped at Ball Diamond by my place today because I'm looking at these guys going like, those are guys that are, you know, they're not young guys. They're not 20-year-olds in a league. That looks like adult ball. And I stopped and there was guys saying that the, a new league started this year with three adult teams. And, and I actually talked to, you know, to him a little bit. And he said that, you know, they're always scrambling for umpires. So I'm not sure it'll happen this year. It won't happen this year, but maybe next year again. We'll see. Huh. But, uh, yeah, it's something I enjoyed doing. It was, it was good. I uh, I really thought long and hard about whether that was something I wanted to do career wise, and at the end of the day, I, I decided that, that not not to pursue it as a career, despite the opportunities that were kind of in front of me. So. Oh yeah, uh, you know, um, not to make this about me, because whenever I re-listen to it, I always seem to make it about me. But anyways, I I refed hockey in high school, and I loved it. Yeah. Honestly, I yeah. like I just uh, I mean, you you make pretty good money for you know when considering you have so much time on your hands, but it's also just a great way to stay active and kind of be a leader. And it would be the same with being an ump umpire for sure. Very much so. You know, it was still being in, as part of the game. I kind of felt like it was, you know, giving back to the game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, every league, is, you know, whether it's hockey or football or soccer or baseball or whatever, are always looking for people that will volunteer their time or put their time into going to officiate. And that's not always an easy job. And there's a lot of pressure and a lot of, a lot of eyeballs on with what you're doing and you just try to do a good job as possible so yeah it was, it was always a good experience i think it was a good i'm, I'm sure good you know a good personal growth sort of thing and I, 
Yeah, so I mean, I played, I played baseball. Did you play baseball? Played lots of baseball. Yeah, I played till I was twenty, I think. I think I played. We played. It was still junior ball back then, and we had you know three or four teams in Saskatoon. So, you know, we're you know it was fun because it was you know playing with a bunch, a bunch of guys that were you know 19, 20, 21 years old, and you'd go play ball, and then you go with your parents and go for a beer after the game. So it was always it was always fun. Yeah, you know, it's such a, it is such a great game, and it it kind of gets a bad a little. I mean, it's not as popular as it used to be, and it's definitely numbers wise, it's not as popular. I think in Ontario, like I think you know, soccer is just so easy, and soccer is so huge here because Italians basically, really, I think that's really the fun fundamental of it all. Is Italians just love soccer, but you know, but like so, uh, my kids all played soccer, and it's you know, it's kind of tough to watch, but you know. And I had one of my son who was a really good, he could always throw. So I put him in T-ball, you know, too early, and it's kind of the same thing. It's just kind of painful to watch, and you don't really know why they would ever fall in love with it playing T-ball. But I have Q, my oldest son, my middle kid, playing baseball this year. And I've, you know, I've completely forgot how much fun it is, and he loves it. And the boys are, I mean, it's boys and girls. The kids are all having so much fun. It's, it's uh it's it's kind of like a real uh it's been really fun to get back into it and just even for me but to share it with Q too it's uh you know it's just it's just so much fun it's really a really cool game but get the uh, it, uh you know that's one opportunity that I've missed out on without having without having kids is, is the opportunity to go and coach because that's always something you know I, my dad always coached lots of sports that I was involved with and he always was really good about again get me back to communities and and, and uh so many people that I know that, that speak so highly of my dad just because of who he was and what he gave back to the community that we that we lived in. And that's unfortunately something I can't give back. But that, you, know, well, you know what? You can. I, I, I helped out a little bit here and there. Yeah. Obviously, I took some hockey and ball along the way when I was younger. Um, I've helped out with, with, with a one hockey team here a little bit, and that's 10 or 12 years ago here now. But never, you know, it's not like something I couldn't jump back into now. Yeah, and help along the way. So, for for what it's worth, you honestly could. Kelowna would be ha- happy and lucky to have you because, it, for one thing, you played, and it's always better to have a few coaches that aren't parents. I think too, because uh, they're a little less invested. And uh, you know, honestly, this is like total Saskatchewan pumping the tires of Saskatchewan people. But we grew up in a hardy sports crazed time. If not, if maybe it's still the same way, but. We, you know, you and I, our exposure to sports and ability to coach is probably better than most that would have grown up anywhere else in Canada, just because we're so fo- I, I focused on it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, saying so, it's just so much fun. I mean, I, I get it. I, I mean, I totally have to watch it because I'm getting so much fun out of it that I have to make sure that you know I'm not ruining it for Q because <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, it's just so much fun and it's just fun coaching and fun to be around it. So anyhow, that's uh, that was my last podcast. You would have listened to with Trevor. We just we were just getting started, so now we're like four games in and like four practices in. So we're right in the middle of it. So it's lots of fun. That's good. Yeah. So I, I did know you were went into teaching. That's when I got to know you, and I I didn't know about the Geno. So that tells me how you got into kitchen life and how you had some skills to mm-hmm. talk to talk your way into the Hollywood. So, I mean, I mean, totally remember your first summer up there and meeting you and. Uh, at some point, I would have memorized that you went to Aiden Bowman, right? I did. Yeah. So there was that, and you were getting into teaching, and uh, I knew you weren't. And so, uh, uh, yeah. So just, uh, just you were, uh, you had a boat. And yeah, still have a boat. Not still one, but have a boat. So. Yeah. Is it is it pretty easy? Like, do, so do you keep it in the water, or do you do you have to like pull? My no, we launch every day. Launch so every day, yeah. Uh, boats in the garage and launch. So it's uh, you know as much as I would love to have the boat in the water or somewhere, you know that it's a little bit more accessible because you would probably use it more. It's it's tough around here. You oh, I bet. You think, of, you think of the Okanagan, you've got this massive lake and it's a big summer place, obviously, but is completely under underdeveloped for. For, for boating in, yeah. in, in having a number of places that you can launch in arenas. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, you know, I'm not in the position to go and spend 5000 bucks a year or more to, to be a member of Colonial Yacht Club and have my boat sitting in the water all the time. There's a couple of other, couple other places that you can do it, but the waiting lists are all super long. So it's it's tough. And I believe it, yeah. Watches that. The two main boat launches in Kelowna, one of them only has 52 parking stalls for for people pulling the trailer which gets pretty full pretty quick on a weekend 
Yeah, I bet. Uh, and the other one has no parking. Uh, I, I don't know if you're, are you been to Clone much, Brian? Oh, yeah. I, I used to go a fair bit. I mean, I don't really know probably the places you're about to tell me, but no, I've, I've been there a dozen places. You know, right down, a dozen times. You know, right downtown and, 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 you know, like the Delta Grand, like the big hotel. Sure. Hotel yep. Right yep. Right stayed there. Water. Yeah, I've stayed there. That's, you know, I mean, there used to be Rose's Pubs open in there, that, which is now closed and some something else going in as COVID ever ends and people, some of the decided to develop it. But that's, that's the other book launch in Kelowna, which is pretty close to my house. I'm, I'm, I'm in a drive north of, up there. So we're close to there, but there's nowhere to park a vehicle. So, you know, my wife will, you know, we'll generally drive down there, I'll launch Monique or a buddy that, that can, you know, has his boating license, and I'll drive back home, another, you know, a couple, three miles back home, and, and they'll meet me, uh, you know, we, we, we live just adjacent to the lake, actually, we're, we're, we're pretty fortunate where we live, and there's a bay right by our house, and so, you know, I would dump them off, they would boat around, I would drive the car home with the trailer. And run across the street to the beach, and they pick me up, and away we'd go. Yeah, that sounds um, like a pretty decent solution. It works okay. I can't complain. Like I said, I'm standing under my porch right now, and I'm like literally looking. We're, we're two doors in off, off the, the the street that basically runs up through Kelowna, north through downtown, and where where we live. Like I said, the park is literally across the street. I literally walk the street across the street in my kayak and go for a paddle in the morning. There's a boat launch at, at the end of the uh, end of the block. But this summer, we haven't been able to launch in there because the water has been so low. Um, every year, they, they, the water flows south out of the Okanagan Lake through through into, you know, past past Penticton, down yeah. through all over the Soviet, and then basically south of the Soviet into, into the Columbia River and into the United States. And every there's there's a couple of different dams. So they try to keep the water level controlled. So if we have big snow winter like we had this last year with the water the snowpack that was I think it's 130 or 135% of normal. They let water out in the spring to prevent flooding around Kelowna. So there's a couple of main main creeks that run through Kelowna and there's often flooding. So this year they let a, a quite a pile of water out and then we had we've had the dry spring and the dry summer on record. So the Okanagan Lake right now is something like 70 centimeters below its normal level. Wow. So the water is extremely low, including the bay by my house. Which I can walk out probably, I can probably walk out, I don't know, 75 yards and I'm, I might be knee deep in the lake. And then before it drops off after that, so there's no way I can even think of launching a boat in my base. So it's actually been pretty quiet down by our house the last month <laughs> and a half because it's usually extremely busy on the weekends with people launching their boats down here, their jet skis, doing whatever. People, you know, even with big trucks, can't get deep enough to get their boats off the trailers. So it's been really, it's been really strange in that sense. It must be such a guessing game too for the uh, environment people to figure out when how much to let out of the dam based on the snow. One hundred percent. You know, everyone's <laughs> complaining this year where they're going like, you know, we had big snowpacks, so we let out what we thought we were going to need based on yeah. spring and summer precipitation, which just hasn't happened. Like I said, it's been ridiculously dry. So, 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 so you're a lifer. You're you're a lifer in Kelowna. Sorry, I'll 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 be quiet. What what are you saying? I said it's uh, I'm saying it's been it's been frustrating because we haven't really boated that much this summer just between not being able to launch down here and then you know it got super hot and then it got super smoky and you know when it's super smoky on the lake it's not really fun being out there and it's yeah it's yeah. frankly a little bit dangerous being out there because there's when you get so many people out there locals and not it's uh, when you get people ripping around in the smoke with not great visibility it's it's not not that fun being out there when it's like that. So yeah, I know it, it can turn rock and roll in Kelowna, right? I mean, they, they, people people are there for a lot of fun, so you gotta be careful. Now, as you've told me that, I just remembered I, I went to a hockey tournament. This is funny. You would have been living there. I can't believe I didn't think of. Uh, so probably about 1997 or 98. <clears throat> I think probably right around there, late 90s. My hockey team and you went to a game like the one that Sherwin played on. We we signed up for a hockey tournament in Kelowna one weekend. Like it was in, I think it was in March or April, and we golfed. So we golfed like twice a day and played two hockey games. Honestly, nice. yeah. Except <laughs> we were so tired. It's I mean, you know, this is ages ago. I, I wouldn't even be able to consider it now. But you know, playing 
a round of golf and two hockey games or two rounds of golf and a hockey games a lot. So I just remember being completely exhausted. But yeah, I, I, I stayed at that hotel you talked about on the right on the lake. <laughs> at the ground. So yes, yeah, I would have been a year or two before I moved here because I moved here 21 years ago now. I moved here like August 3rd or 4th, 2000. So that. Okay. Yeah, it probably was in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably okay. just before that or right around the same time. Ah, uh, I see. Um, you guys might have had beer or two in between your golf round and hockey games, too. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, my God. probably helped you make them probably uh, took away a little bit of your energy levels. <laughs> well, we brought some ringers, I remember. This is completely off topic. But we brought this guy that had 50 goals in the WHL. That he quite helped us out quite a lot. I mean, he was scoring from the top of the circles pretty easily. Nice. Yeah. Helps out. So, uh, what's that? Go ahead, sorry. I was, I was going to say, speaking of rings, I think the last year that I played in a league in Kelowna, which is, oh my gosh, it's a long time now. Remember a guy named Todd Ellick who played in the NHL? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So he was he was done in the NHL, living in Kelowna, and he was playing on a men's men's league team, like C division, for whatever reason, which I was playing in. Might have been D division. It was C for sure. And yeah, he it was interesting having a guy like that play. He, I think he scored on me. I played goal, which I think he knew. I think he scored on me eight times that game. <laughs> yeah. I, tell, I, tell, I got to the point where one of our guys, we, our, we have like three guys that ran him in a corner and basically banged him up because he was, you know, here you got, you got a guy that was a pretty, you know, decent pro professional hockey player. Oh, of course. Playing C or D, D League men's beer league hockey in Kelowna and playing like he's playing like a hero instead of just, you know. It's hard to believe. Guy with incredible abilities with being you know, being a jerk about it. Yeah, I mean that. Honestly, that doesn't happen very often. I mean, especially. I mean, I mean, I've never. I don't. I'm sure I've never even played with a guy that, or against a guy that played in the NHL. I mean, Alec played in L.A. or Winnipeg. I do remember the name. Yeah, I totally I remember. He, I think he had finished up in L.A. I think he had finished up in L.A. and, and then he was like in Kelowna after that. Yeah, but anyways, I've never played again. Even, but even if you're a, a major junior star, usually those guys don't try super hard in beer league. Yeah. Hey, what, what else and do they have was, to prove? He was, just, he was just going end to end, and Dipsy Doolin on all of us is scoring on me as well. And he's just like, you're an idiot. So, <laughs> I think he, he ended up quitting, actually, I think, what happened through the season because he just got so tired of cheap shots and guys. Like, yeah. I was like, what do you expect? Yeah, exactly. You know, what else do you expect? You know, if you're a guy that's being a team guy and, you know, having fun with, with the guys, and, you know, or, or why aren't you playing in the A division in Kelowna? Like, yeah, there would be so many hockey players. There would be so many former hockey players living in Kelowna. I mean, I'm sure the, the league is, is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, are you a lifer there? You're, you're going to stay there forever. I mean, that's your spot now. You know, it's funny because right? you know, I, there's lots of things I love about this area. Obviously, you know, the climate's amazing. You know, not not that I couldn't go back and deal with Saskatchewan winters, but I don't need to go back and deal with Saskatchewan winters. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm an I'm an avid skier, as you know. So you know, Big White is a 45 minute drive from here. It's Silver Star in Ver outside of Vernon is an hour and a quarter. Plus, I do business in in the Kootenays and go once a month. So you know, I've got all these incredible places to go ski. But no, it's uh, it, it's a pretty nice area here, and obviously, you know, we're kind of rooted here. So do I? Do I think I'll be here forever? I don't. I can't. I don't know if I can say that 100. percent But I don't know where else I would go. Yeah, it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to go anywhere now. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's it's great weather and there's lots to do. So why would you yeah. move? And I think going back to Saskatoon yeah. would probably be pretty tough. I mean, I think everyone's kind of moved on. It'd be tough to reinsert yourself. Yeah, you know, outside of, outside of family, with you know my, my folks still in Saskatoon, my sister and brother-in-law live in Germany. You know, I've got a few. You know, a few friends that that I still stay in touch with there, but it's yeah, it's been a long time since I've been there, so it's you know, it, it, it certainly feels foreign. You know, I get back to Saskatoon every eighteen to twenty-four months, um, and it changes drastically every time I go back. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible how it's developed. Um, but no, I, I I can't see myself going back to Prairies, and I I, I could see myself. You know, spending three or four months somewhere warm and tropical for for winter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty easy, pretty easy lifestyle here, and I'll I'll pick golf back up again one of these days. So obviously, as you know, golf, golf's pretty incredible around here. But yeah, the, no, there's a lot to do, and the climate's great, and it's uh, it's pretty good lifestyle. I can't complain. I'm going to come visit, and I would like to golf. 
but we don't well, need to, we don't need to go. Well, I'll swing a club if you come up and visit. So yeah. To, There's so many nice spots. It's such a nice spot. It's such a nice. I have such. A, honestly, the first place that I ever really kind of went to, I thought, oh, I'd like to retire here was Penticton. Penticton always spoke to me. I haven't been there for so long, and I'm sure it's changed. And I'm sure maybe I wouldn't even like it anymore. But I just remember being. I even did the. You know how people get in the rafts and go down the river and through Penticton. I did that and I just thought, wow, this place, it's so, it's so beautiful. It was so beautiful in 1995. I just, uh, I thought it was the nicest place. Yeah. You know, Penticton, I think if, if you're older, I think once a person hits 60 plus, I, I could see Penticton being more attractive than Kelowna. Kelowna's busier. Yeah. You know, a bit of a younger town, but it's busier and there's, you know, a lot more tourism and kind of out of, out of country or out of area development that's happening it's really jumped around here and there's a lot of foreign investment that's coming in and oh. by foreign and don't don't necessarily mean international foreign you know lots of people buying from calgary and alberta general and penticton for sure yeah. that's how i remember it so who do you stay in touch with from saskatoon or the wasc days who do I stay in touch with? Um, i stay in touch with jeff aikman who's now in europe so in, in Amsterdam. Really? What's he doing there? In Amsterdam? In Amsterdam? He's, he's still doing pharmaceuticals. Really? Um, yeah, so he's in, he's in Western Europe, and, and obviously Rich Bell stay in touch with, who's in Calgary. Uh, Bert Chapman and I talked and, and, and stay in contact on a pretty regular basis. Um, there's a bunch of guys that I grew up with that you probably wouldn't know that I played. You know, I lived in the same area, played, you know, start playing hockey and ball. You know, from the time I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, with a bunch of guys that I, you know, that I still stay in touch with. So that's yeah. Oh, that's nice. Kind of the core of it. Oh, good. Well, that's a lot. No, that's a lot. I, that's a lot. It's a lot of people you're keeping in touch with. That's yeah, good. Yeah, there's a handful. So good. Well, you were always such a kind, humble, you know, uh, really like a, a touchstone kind of guy up at Waskasu with all the, with all the different personalities. So uh, I'm I'm glad that I've been able to keep in touch with you. Mostly, and quite a lot after actually since we spoke on New Year's Eve. I don't know if you remember speaking on New Year's Eve yeah, during the actually. when the World Junior Tournament was on. That's right. And then, uh, yeah. So, anyways, it's uh, the natural progression now is for me to get people on my podcast. So, thank you for joining me. Uh, and so, yeah. So, that, what I have written down is: you're a goalie, you're a teacher, you're a chef. We met at Waskasu, and now I have umpire. So, I've I've learned a little something about you. So, what? Right. To tell me about the teaching years. But uh, I, I didn't realize you d you did it for three years as a sub. That's I mean that's actually quite a lot. It, it it just did you just think you couldn't do it, or was there just no no opportunity to get started? You know when I when I was starting trying to find a teaching job, I basically finished my second degree in the spring of 1992, and then I went and then I went traveling from November until kind of late April, early May, and came back and started looking for work and from. That time, kind of 93 through 96, 97, was when the economy wasn't great. Yeah. Everyone was moving out of the province. The population dipped below a million people. Yeah. And over a thousand teaching jobs lost in that time. And so, you know, I attribute part of it to it was just tough times as somebody brand new without experience trying to trying to get their foot in the door for a teaching yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I applied for jobs. All over the place, little towns, big places, Saskatchewan, Alberta. Um, I had, gosh, I had seven or eight interviews probably over the course of two and a half, three years. Um, and was runner up for, I think, six of eight of the jobs. And there was always somebody that uh, somebody that had experience. I got hired on top of me. So I had one bad interview. The worst interview I had out of all the ones I had for three years was actually back in the high school that I went to, the high school that I coached football at for three years, and uh, kind of didn't have a great interview. Never, never got the job there. Got the gal that got hired, I knew very well, and she, uh, she, she was going to do a good job. I know that she's still teaching in Saskatoon, or probably close to retiring. So, you know, they they, they hired a good person, but I was a little disappointed. Oh yeah. Would have been my alma mater high school. Knew a pile of kids, knew a ton of the staff just from from being involved with with their you know their their athletic programs and things like that as a volunteer. But uh, yeah, I did it for, th for three and a half years, and kind of Christmas time of kind of December 1996, I kind of get the point going. I'm really frustrated with this. I'm you know 
pushing 30 years old, 31 years old, still living with my parents, subbing two or three days a week, working a full-time job, at, you know, and, and working in a restaurant and just kind of going like, you know, I, I could still go do this, but my heart's not in it anymore. And there's nothing worse than a, a teacher whose heart isn't in it. So yeah. I, uh, I just, you know, that that's kind of where it went, right? So, you know, it's kind of something I wanted to do and thought I would do, could do a really good job of it. Oh yeah, you've been awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. Is that it, characteristics really fit that you know? And that's basically how I decided to go into education. Was basically you know taking kind of what, what I was all about and what I thought my makeup was and characteristics and and what you know what sort of career, you know jobs and careers that that fit. And I had the counselor base say like you know you'd be you'd be a fabulous teacher just the way that your demeanor and the, you know the fact that you love to to teach and coach, coach and you're, yeah. you're a student of the, you know, I've always been a student of the games that I've played and I was always a, you know, a keen student and, and academically. So, um, yeah, so I, I scrapped for a year and a half. I did all kinds of crazy stuff. I did, I worked in warehouses. I worked, uh, restaurants, did all kinds of things. And, and, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of internet stuff at the time. So it was about physically looking at the newspapers and going down to, Job yeah. Centers and things like that, and I was going to the to the University of Saskatchewan Job Recruitment Center on a regular basis, even though I had been a student for a couple of years. And uh, that's why I got my start in the liquor industry. Is uh, Mark Anthony Brands, the woman who was the provincial manager at the time, was looking for a second person to to take over Southern Saskatchewan, so she didn't have to do the whole the entire province. And I saw an ad for, you know, a, 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 you know, a very vague ad as most ad, you know, job advertisements often are or were at that time, you know, it's a little, you know, it was, a, it was basically a, a recipe card on, on, on a post-it book with yeah. um, a little bit of paint in the bed. Yeah. Um, to, to, to date myself, um, it, uh, you know, basically was the last time you looking for, you know. It was literally a job board. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything was, to do with it. You're right. It was literally a job board. Yeah. You know, an entry level salesperson in to sell and, you know, yeah. and restaurants and pubs and, and, you know, somebody with that had some restaurant industry experience and which I had between cooking and working in, in pubs and hotels and, you know, selling off sales and doing whatever else I did yeah. at the, at the Senator Hotel in Saskatoon that I've done part time as well on top of cooking. So it uh, kind of fit the bill, and this woman hired me, and that was kind of my start in the, the liquor industry that I'm still in now. So I do remember. I do remember the Mark Anthony brand. And, and I mean, they're still around too. Two, two funny oh. things about that is we actually went to university before the internet, so there was no, the job boards were boards. I mean, that's, For sure. That's very yeah. funny. Yeah, literal, 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 you know, handwritten things or typed things on a, and the second thing is, uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, um, the part about uh, you kind of forget that when we when we were like when we were finishing up university in ninety two or ninety three, you know ninety four ninety five, the, the economy was horrible. Like Saskatchewan, Alberta is just a totally different landscape, totally different world. I mean, it's been pretty much lights out since the, since about mid nineties though. But I mean, yeah. it was a different world when we finished school. There wasn't a lot of jobs. No, but now, I mean, you know, now there is. It's just, it's just a totally different world. So you guys, you know, I saw people in Alberta because that's where they all moved. Yeah, I mean, that's. You know, I go to go to Calgary for a weekend and see, you know, see Rich, see you, see other guys I taught with. It was because everybody moved. Yeah, well, and it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really part of my plan. I mean, I never really thought I would ever live in Alberta or had to. I, I didn't realize I would have to go there. You know, I just thought there would be lots of opportunity. But then, of course, once you get, then once you, once I went there, I realized, you know, it is. It's pretty much the best place to go if you went to University of Saskatoon because you know lots of people. There's a big network and it's bigger. Like it's just a little bit bigger. You know, it's from you go from two hundred thousand to a million. It's like a nice bump up. Yeah. You know, to go to Toronto would have been a lot right out of Saskatoon. There it would have been too much of a culture shock. Probably I, w- I probably wasn't mature enough to live in Toronto when I was you know twenty five. I certainly couldn't have went to university in Toronto when I was t- when I was twenty. You know, it would have been just. It would have been like going to Singapore or something, you know, or Hong Kong. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So it, it is kind of a Saskatoon, Calgary, Toronto is like a, it worked out good for me. It was like enough of a progression where I could kind of grow up a little bit and have perspective that, you know, Toronto is actually pretty, Toronto's a great city and it's a little bit better than Calgary actually. And Calgary is a little bit better than 
Saskatoon for many reasons, not just the weather. I mean, just for opportunity, but also the weather. But anyways, it is, uh, that, that is the way it worked. We just all had to leave Saskatoon because I, I actually really liked Saskatoon. You know, there was a point where I thought that's probably where I would live. And life would have been easier. It would have been easier to go to stay in Waskasu and, you know, I, I would have never lived in Prince Albert, but you could definitely commute and back and forth to Saskatoon in the summers. You know, that would have been a nice yeah. way. To, that would have been a nice way to live. In hindsight. No, for sure. No, I agree. Yeah, no, it was, uh, Saskatoon was, you know, was at that time. And whether, you know, I can't speak to it now, but it was, when I grew up there, I thought it was a great city to grow up. And it was yeah. a nice size for me. And, uh, you know, I've never been a big city guy. And I'm still not a big city guy. But there was, you know, it was big enough that it was, it was, it was a, and, and, and a very nice, friendly community. So Yeah, really pretty city. I, I mean, I still, I always tell people both Saskatoon and Regina are completely underrated. I think they're both really nice cities. Oh, did I lose you again? Are you gone? No, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 I'm still here. <laughs> Just, I've, ladies and gentlemen, I've lost my guest for a second time. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, it worked out good. It's worked out good in the past. Is there a song that you'd like on the bumper to the lead into this episode? Oh, Anything that comes to mind? I'll, I'll have to decide if you don't give me any ideas. Well, no. Okay, you can leave it with me. I, uh... I was listening to some music outside the other night and uh, just on YouTube and pulling random songs off and playing and I actually pulled up some Hoodoo Guru songs which actually reminded me of Waska Sioux and, uh, and Rich and Craig Bell and I actually sent some of it to Rich and he sent me an email back laughing about it a little bit. So, well, of course. If, if, well, 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 white book by Hoodoo Guru is going to serve that home, right? Well, if, this, if, this, if the guest was Craig Bell, I definitely would have Hoodoo Gurus. I mean, that would be one yeah, of the, one of the sure. top two or three. Okay, well, you know what? I might have to find the Hoodoo Gurus in my library here, but I, I'll, I will if I can. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know what? It's just nice to catch up. Um, and, I, you know, I, now that we've had travel taken away from us, I, I do kind of want to go to Vancouver and the Okanagan and catch up with some friends in Calgary. So it kind of feels like, I don't know if I'm going to do it all in one year, but it, it would be fun just to fly out to Vancouver and make my way through the West just to kind of have a catch-up session with all yeah. my long-lost friends, and you would be on that list. It'd be easy enough to do with, uh, with with the way you can travel now, so there's lot, lots of directs and flights and things like that. But no, I'd love to, uh, love to see and host you here for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Well, it's been... Uh, it's been fun to catch up. You sound exactly the same. Everything's everything's going good. Your health, your health is uh, you're going well. My health is good. I good. Uh, with my oncologist again on Tuesday, and uh, all clear on the cancer front. And uh, good. I'm okay. glad. So good. My uh, my testosterone levels slowly uh, slowly bouncing back. So I've I've felt a lot physically better the last three months. So. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's made a difference. I think all the they did pretty heavy doses of estrogen when it, before I did my prostate and cancer treatments, and that's done on purpose. Because uh, ironically, cancer, the prostate cancer feeds off of estrogen, so they do massive, did massive estrogen to basically prevent that, which goes as you can imagine for a guy. You have no energy, you have a lot of energy. So right. no, I've been very good in the last few months, Brian. Thank good. You. Yeah, and, good. Uh, Kind of got you all clear again to my oncologist. He says, you know, I'll get you a blood test in six months, but we're not going to talk talk for a year unless you've had something else that comes up. So I still got uh, active radiation in me for the next year or two, which is problematic and symptomatic, but it's nothing I'm not used to now with uh, a couple years in here. So yeah, we're all good. So yeah, good. An and then, and then I, I, I've always stayed interested and kind of connected into the liquor business so how is the liquor business in, in bc like it is is it just going gangbusters because everyone has been home drinking for the last 18 months two years you know what it really jumped when covid started you know sales were, were significantly increased across canada including british columbia because uh, people you know yeah people just weren't working so yeah no yeah it was two o'clock in the afternoon and you are already worked out and you had already done your zoom call with whatever business you were doing and your yard is on, you know, you'd already mowed your lawn and done whatever. <laughs> I've got a glass of water and cold beer. So, yeah. Think, things, things settled out after about five months. I know that liquor sales are still up. Um, with the, the, the heat of this summer here, that obviously spiked things again, especially the refreshment beverage category. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, but, you know, and I, I don't know if sales are up because of it or people just drank in that category instead of drinking wine or spirits or, or just domestic beer. But I know that 
Kuehler's and Siders went absolutely bonkers starting in uh, once once it got hot here, kind of mid June. So, but no. So what's that white claw? What's the what's the hot? What's the hot? White claw, nude, neutral, hail, iced teas. That's but there's you know unprecedented numbers of new entries in this category this year. Yeah. It seems every year you know I've been doing this for. My 24th summer, I guess, or 24th year selling alcohol, and I've been selling really wow, right? Yeah, it's 24 years now. So I started in 1998, believe it or not, or 23 years, whatever it is. It's a long time ago. You know, I've sold a lot of category leading brands over my time when I first started with Mark Anthony. We had Mike's Hard Lemonade, that was the yeah. game Canada. I was gonna ask you, that was my next question is where it went to, but we can get to, we can get to that point. I because I, I don't see Mark's, I don't see Mike's Hard Lemonade anymore. Is it gone or? Hey, you know what? It's still out there in, in at small levels because you know Mark Anthony, you know, what graduated from Mike's to Palm Bay to you know all kinds of things. And they actually uh, they actually sold their cooler and cider division to Labatt's about a year and a half ago. Yeah, I and thought Labatt's that. Labatt's actually runs that, so they, they they run it as a separate division. It's still like the Mike's Lemonade division or Mike's Hard division, whatever it's called, but. No, it's, uh, you know, you know they were king of the heat for a long time. And then, you know, I sold smearing off ice with the Azure when it was king of the heat in Canada. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. But no, there was unprecedented numbers of new releases in in, the, in that category, including all the seltzer products now. So every brewery, you know, and their dog are making seltzer products that are either malt-based or, or spirit-based. And uh, it's, there's so many, I, I, I can't even keep track of how many, how many new things there are. So, but it yeah. still comes down to like, like anything in, in retail, it's still the whole 80, 20 principle where 20% or less of the, you know, yeah, we kind of named the big brands that are really continue to, to drive, to drive the category. That's, that's no different. So, but every little, you know, every other craft brewery in BC, you know, that there's 300 of now or something like that. Yeah. Are making a seltzer or something just to play in that category because they're seeing they're seeing their business challenged a little bit by people not drinking it because they're drinking something else. So yeah, I do see that yeah. from afar. It's hard for me to keep keep track too. But I was I was talking about Mark Anthony the day and I I kind of I kind of thought uh, Mark Anthony was bought by Molson. I don't know why I thought that, but I I do remember it was sold to like a beer company and I should have remembered for Labatt for sure. My history with Labatt. But. Yeah, so Mark Anthony sold all the coolers off when they when they acquired it, when they basically developed White Claw. Yeah, they still have White Claw, but the Mikes and Palm Bays and Okaga Ciders and Tailspins and whatever other things that they're making, they've got fifteen or seventeen different brands. Is is, is they sold off to a bat? So it's genius. It's genius to develop brands and sell them and then just make, start new ones. They've done really well with it, you know, and they, they've used it to, you know, Anthony Von Mendel is no fool, and he's used it to, to continue to develop his, his winery here in Kelowna and their wine business internationally. So it's always he's always been fortunate with having something like that or when they were selling Corona for the longest time. You yeah. Know, that, was their, that was their cash cows that, that funded all the other things that they wanted to do to increase their wine business, both, you know, regionally and, and, and internationally. So they've, uh, it's pretty amazing the how that story is developed. So. Where is Mark Anthony um, operated out of? Is it out of Kelowna or Vancouver or where? It is based. I think their head office is, is Vancouver. I also know that they're they have the Toronto big Toronto office now, and they yeah. also have a big office in the U.S. Because obviously they you know they expanded, you know, Mike's or whatever down into the United States with malt malt based beverage in that for for ready to drink products um and then obviously when, when white claw started down there they they started it down there so no it's become a it's become a big multinational company really with both both canada and and the united states now so they've uh, you know acquired a number of wineries around here they bought cedar creek winery a few years back and you know bought other other you know obviously plots of of acres of, of grapes that have been owned by other people and have developed other other line extension things and things like that. So no, they're still they're still chipping away. So are you are you set up as an independent distributor? Like you just <laughs> set up relationships with certain brands and, and just yeah. represent them in the Okanagan? Uh, or? I have a sole proprietor. I, I, I set up a sole proprietorship, right? So I'm not even incorporated. So I never was never really worried about having a big sales team to send them across BC or across Canada. So yeah. And right right now, everything I'm selling is all is all BC products, actually. So I, I for a while I worked for a company called Escalade with Miss Spirits, that all the international wines, but they uh, they kind of changed the direction that they're that they were going in a year ago, and, and I lost them as a as one of my partners here. So yeah, I'm basically you know, I'm selling BC uh, one BC winery, 
I'm working for five breweries now, uh, a distillery, and a couple and three or four different other brands. Uh, one, one known alcoholic, and the three that are in that ready to drink category, including Nude, which is a pretty big player in BC. Here, it's it's slowly growing in in, in Ontario. You might be familiar with it. So yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. One of the, the vodka soda brands, low calorie, you know, locales, no no artificial flavors, colors, no artificial ingredients. So that's the that's the big trend in the yeah in the ready category right now. So. Yeah, well, really good. I mean, it's, I mean uh, super interesting, and, and it's always good to have a focus. So, uh, representing local brands is uh, is good. So, good for you. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Keeps me on my toes working for a lot of different companies. It's a lot of just a lot of organization preparation, and uh, you know, keeping all my ducks in a row. But I've always worked for companies that had really big portfolios. So, I think I'd be I think I'd be bored just selling a couple couple things until I get a little bit older here, which I can see myself scaling down. But Right now, it's uh, yeah, it's it's you know full, full steam ahead sort of thing, and uh, with being a, an, an independent contractor, I obviously don't have a pension, so I've got to oh yeah make make my hay now. We're we're gonna be working till we're eighty two, not sixty two. <laughs> I hope you're wrong. I know. I hope I'm wrong too. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I joke. Well, really good. It's been uh, it's been really good to catch up. It's fifty five minutes, so I don't want to take up too much of your night here. So uh, on a quiet Robert. Sunday night of August eighth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's how's it August eighth already? My gosh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's. You know, we can start talking about the weather and, and talking about how quickly time flies, and we're just a couple of old guys talking on on the radio here. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, the summer has really flown by fast for sure. I mean, it's going to be September eighth. I think the kids go back to school on September 8th, so we're a month away. Right. And uh, Rio's already had a hockey practice, so they're wow. they're putting the ice in a week tonight. So a hockey practice start in a week. That's amazing. Well, they need it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even going to complain, like, starting it too early because, honestly, they're so bored that they don't even yeah. remember what it's like to be busy or have interests. You know, it's really kind of sad. Absolutely. No, I'm sure it's got to be challenging when you've got uh, young ones like that. You're trying to keep the uh, want to be active and active and interested you know like i mean if she, she's she's pretty good i don't want her to quit in grade seven you know what i mean like it takes so long for kids to get them into something and actually build something that they like so now that she likes it you can kind of see it wavering in her a bit cause she's 12 so i'd like to keep her active in it like for a couple more years at least getting into yeah. high school you yeah, know she's so really, she's really on that bubble point in her life isn't it where she's either gonna have, you know stick with something or go in another direction well naturally yeah i think naturally it is a bubble and it makes it worse with covid yeah and so i you know i don't even know really at this point what else could she get into well i guess there's there there is lots i mean like she could get into tennis or something fun like that um you know soccer is easy to get get into but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't want. I don't. I, pers- as a dad, I don't want to like have to restart and get her interested in something else at this point. But it's probably a reality. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, well, she can just can just enjoy it. So it's uh, yeah, it can be a lifelong sport if you want to make it. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, big. She's uh, sh- she's my she's my daughter, obviously, and she's the you wouldn't think my daughter would be the one that is in hockey the most, but she is. So it's quite a lot of fun. That's great. Yep. Anyways, th- thanks for catching up. I have some editing to do now, but uh, hopefully uh, we can maybe catch up for another episode in six months or so and uh, talk about how well the Flames are doing or how bad the Canucks are doing in the NHL season. <laughs> or, or neither. We talk about the Oilers. Is that who you, is that who you follow? Yeah, I've always cheered for Edmonton teams. I was born in Edmonton, and my family's always been around from there, so I've always been a, an Oilers fan or well, what is now the Edmonton Elks, not the Edmonton Eskimos. Right. Or, Right. Things like that. No, I'm still an Oilers fan, so for whatever reason. Yeah, I was always an Oiler and Flames fan, and then I just naturally kind of slid over to the, the Flames. And really, I mean, the Flames, I don't even really identify with them anymore. I mean, I, the Oilers, I think they're a bit of a joke. I think they have a, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's fun to watch them and make fun of them. The one, they're still a one-line wonder. They're still a what? They're still a one-line wonder. Yeah, you know what? I I follow it, and I don't even like. I mean, Zach Hyman, he's gonna make them better, but that's a heck of a lot of money to pay. And then, um, yeah, it's amazing. The the nurse, I'm trying to remember, is Darnell Nurse. He, he's not even honestly. God, I he's not that. He's not. I, I can't believe he can get that much money. Honestly, I guess they just need. You wouldn't think they'd have enough money to pay him, but 
I don't know if there's a lot of teams in the NHL that w- were betting him up to make to make him pay that. Like, I know he scored 16 goals, but like, who wouldn't if you're playing that many minutes with Connor McDavid? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's interesting for sure. Yeah, but the Flames. I mean, the Flames don't. I don't don't relate. They're just not like a. I really like them when Iginla was there, and now I just really and I really like Sutter as a coach. So hopefully he can kind of bring back the glory days a bit and make them a good Prairie team. Interesting to see who's on what team again this year. Because every year it's just like, oh my god, that guy's there now. So many changes. Or just like watching, I watched a little bit of CFL football this weekend, and you know they obviously haven't played in what six hundred days or something like that. Yeah. You know, all I did for, for two games listening to the, the, the TSN commentators talking about this person's here now, this person's there now, and this guy played two years in Toronto, and then now he's in Calgary, and this guy in Calgary is now in Edmonton. It's just like, wow, he's trying to keep up with who's who, whether you know whether it's a quarterback or a receiver or you know running back, names that you hear more so than you do a, a, an offensive lineman or a, or a you know, defensive quarterback or something like that. But it was just so much movement that I really found out in the NHL the last couple of years there. So yeah, got all over the place. It's, you know, you need. I need a couple, three weeks all the time to kind of get an idea who's where and kind of sort of half-ass pay attention to to who's playing where now. So I felt bad. I didn't. I didn't even know the CFL was starting this weekend. Yeah. You know, I I yeah. didn't see the ads. I don't watch TV, so I didn't. You know, I wasn't even on TSN to see like you know watch the Rough Riders take on the Stamps tonight at seven o'clock or whatever. I didn't even know the season opened this weekend. Kind of sad. I, I mean, I am a CFL fan. I feel bad for the players. Like, you know, they probably lost two years. It's such a short career. such a really not even that lucrative in the CFL. It's, it's, uh, that's one sport and one league where COVID really probably really affected people's lives. Yeah. It's not like guys have anywhere else to go, probably. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, I don't even know if there's a European league anymore. That whole XFL thing is so sketchy. You know, if they weren't playing in the NFL, where are you going? Um, so. I mean, I think. You know, I know this. I know the Americans love football, but there's probably going to be fewer and fewer players playing it. You know, it's, there's, the NFL is always going to be around, but you know, how many kids are really going to start signing up for football with concussion risks and all that? You know, it's 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 going to be probably fewer and fewer of the athletic pool will play football. No, that's uh, that's 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 for sure. And you're right about the NHL. So many players change teams, and I don't follow it. I do follow it, but I don't follow it. I mean, the Flames signed a, an American forward from Tampa. I've never even heard of him. I mean, they gave him like yeah. $40 million. And I've honestly never heard of the guy. Blake Coleman or something like that? I mean, I, I can't imagine that an Amer- a small-sized American forward is really what Daryl Sutter asked for. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's no. just... I, I, he, he usually likes like prairie guys that like to score a little bit and fight a lot or... Finnish guys that like to score a bit and you know y- yap a lot, you know, like that's his thing. He likes size. <laughs> so when they signed this guy who's like five ten out of a you know American college guy who's like twenty eight, I've never heard of, and they gave him five years and eight. You know, I don't know even what it was. It was a lot of money. So it's it's I, I I it's like I don't even it's like NHL has so many players I can't even keep track. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, well, again, thank you for uh, taking some time. It's been, a, it's been a treat. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your schedule on a nice summer evening. So thank you, Derek. Absolutely. All right. All the best, and hopefully we can catch up soon. Absolutely. I'll okay. Thanks. See you, big. Take care. Bye-bye. And there you have it. Thanks, Derek. That was fun. I'm, I think we have another uh, hour in us for sure. We were... Uh, just getting back to uh, getting comfortable with each other and probably like it's like with the big wheels who really do have podcasts that have listeners. Uh, we texted probably for an hour last night after the interview, um, sharing all the things that we didn't want to share publicly. So uh, it was really good to catch up and um, I'd like to catch up with big again. And probably the, the best part about that was Geno's. I mean, he worked at Geno's. I did not know that. I barely remember going to Geno's in Saskatoon when I was going to school. Uh, but the fact that he was an umpire makes me laugh because I can totally see Big with like the dark blue pants on and the baby blue polo umpire shirt and the stash poking out of the mask and him flipping the mask up to uh, kick out some dad or tell some kid that we're not arguing the strike zone tonight. 
Uh, Big was the first. He was one of the only ones that rocked a stash uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, way before it was cool. <laughs> so uh, his look and being an umpire is, uh, it makes so much sense now. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked that I didn't know this. And probably he will tell me with the day he told me and that I actually did know it and just forgot. Anyhow, thank you, Derek. Uh, I hope you guys, uh, you person, listener, enjoyed it as much as me. Uh, I'm sure, like Judd, we have another hour with Derek in our future. So with that, I will sign off. Thanks for joining me. Um, and uh, hopefully we can have another episode soon. Bye for now. I kiss the ground on which you walk. I kiss the lips through which you talk. I kiss the city of New York where I first met you. You're my darling, don't forget it. Cause I'm the guy who will regret it. I love you more than when I said it when I first met you. Take every day now as it comes You take the cake, I'll keep the